Does your broker tell you they're managing your retirement money on a daily basis? Really? So when they're on vacation, how does that work? Do they have computers doing their job for them? Is that reliable money management? Is it time you learned how to have reliable retirement income, keeping your principal, and protect your gains with a higher income strategy? That's why to tune in to the Total Financial Hour with host Eric Hallaby, Sundays at 11 a.m. Learn about your financial power on the Total Financial Hour, Sundays at 11 a.m. on AM870, The Answer. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the Total Financial Hour. Now higher income strategy, learn from Arif Halaby. Hey, welcome to the show. Thanks for being with me. I'm Arif Halaby, the Total Financial Hour. Talking about your family's finances, getting out of debt, managing money, planning for the future. We try to cover almost anything financial in the uh, the political world, how it impacts, more importantly, steals, takes your money. And uh, in in, uh, today's world, isn't it inflation? Right. I love the Biden administration's Democrat team, Berkeley and Stanford grads and, you know, UCLA grads and Georgetown. And you pick the the liberal school that you can think of in which these university young people get in there and they figure, look, it's inflation. It's been going on since Biden's really gotten into uh, into office. Ah, The war just happened. Let's blame let's blame Putin. So they have TikTok stars and others this week coming out and talking about it's Putin's inflation. Putin, what are you doing? Putin, you're the oil price problem. Uh, Forget that there are thousands of canceled leases. And you understand that for the oil industry to drill, it isn't just a decision in one day. They put things in place. They do it. They work through the process. They have to move rigs. They have to hire people. All of that is a a challenge in a normal environment. Of course, in today's labor shortage, it's a huge issue. So when I talk to you about this, I want you to realize it's it's the Democrat policies that are driving this. Look, I used to be a Democrat. It's not the policies, certainly, of John F. Kennedy. And it's really not even the policies of a Bill Clinton, believe it or not. Because he he was forced after his midterms, if he wanted to be known as a one-term president or, or as a, a person that failed miserably, he would have stayed in course. Instead, he came to the center and did all sorts of things, from welfare reform to some of the retirement uh, systems, tax reform. Those things made a big difference. And when they, when they were enacted, of course, the economy flourished. And he took credit for it and was elected again, overwhelmingly elected again, of course, to serve as two terms. I share that with you because Biden has no desire, no even ability to serve in a second term, let alone the first term. I mean, we can see he's failing miserably. Zero respect. He's creating massive problems across the world. Division. Once allies are now uh, challenging the United States because they're afraid. Right. Who do they want to side with? They have to they have to make a decision. Who do they going to side with when Biden comes out and says some pretty nasty things about Saudi Arabia. Do you not think Saudi Arabia is going to side with Russia and China? If Saudi Arabia gets rid of the United States dollar, the U.S. dollar, that is the currency between oil uh, entities, right? If the Philippines wants to buy oil, they have to change their currency into dollars, take those dollars, go over to Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia takes the dollars as a purchase price for a barrel of oil, converts it into their currency, And the process starts all over again, meaning 
There are massive amounts of dollars. Some say 70-80% of our American dollars are overseas. The problem is we were once backed by gold because we had all the gold after World War II. A few years ago, Germany said, hey, you know, we want a little bit of our gold back. We said, fine, give us six months. They said, what do you mean? It should be right there, right there in the corner. You know, it's got a name on it, Germany. Alphabetically, just go to the G's. It's right there. You can find it. And instead, the U.S. says, oh, yeah, give us some time. They said, no, no, no. What are you you talking about? I don't know what happened to Fort Knox. I don't know if the United States uh, remelted that gold uh, like the, the former owner of the King's. Remember that guy who gave Wayne Gretzky, what was it, a Bentley or a Rolls-Royce? I think it was a Rolls-Royce on the ice. That same person, you know, he got in trouble. Why? Because he was selling the same gold coins over and over and over again. I don't know if the United States is doing that. Maybe. But ultimately, instead of taking, I think it was uh, half of the gold or some, some sort of number, it was certainly not very much. Germany wanted to repatriate it. And then once they, they got the, the stonewall, the stiff arm from the United States, they said, oh, you know what, never mind. Why don't you just send us all of our gold? So the United States was, was backed. The dollars were backed by gold. It's important you know this because China has been employing, right? You've been to the shopping malls. We buy used gold. I love it, used gold. I'll buy used $100 bills for 50 bucks. What do you mean buy used gold? And some of you fell for it. Oh, here, this is just a this is just a necklace or this is an ex ex fiance, ex boyfriends, you know, gave me this gift and okay, fine. They'll take it. And that's what they did. Right? China would employ people in these malls, shopping malls, to quote, buy your used gold in these kiosks. And they didn't mind if they were paying a little bit more for it because they had to pay the folks at the counters, right? A lot of a lot of them happened to be Israelis. Right, kids that uh, were working part time, whatever it might be. I know I've been to four different malls to look at them over the years. Maybe more if you add other states. I think in Scottsdale they were there as well. And so what happens is these uh, young people usually high pressure sales. You think you're buying a timeshare, and they buy your gold from you, and then they get paid, of course, a commission, a profit on it. And it goes up the chain once or two or three more times, meaning China's going to overpay for it. But they had more dollars, so it didn't matter. It's like a millionaire going and you know giving a hundred dollar tip to the valet and a hundred dollar tip to the to the hostess for checking him in at the at the restaurant. It, it doesn't matter as much. It's not the same financial impact. Well, China had all this extra money, so they didn't mind overpaying for gold because they wanted the gold. So they went from 1,000 metric tons to two to four. I think they're somewhere around six. Now, look, the United States is about 8,000. I don't know how much China has. Uh, they're very secretive about it. They just kind of surprised the world stage by saying, we now ha- we went up 1,000 in, in, in a year or two. But that's how they've done it, right? So be very careful if you're selling this stuff on the streets or to any of these places that, quote, buy used gold. It's always funny to me. I thought, I'm going to buy your used $100 bill. I'll give you 70 bucks for it. Seven, no, I'll give you four crisp $20 bills for that used $100. I'm going to check to make sure it's not, uh, what is it, counterfeit. Some of you are a little bit sneaky on it. All right. So why do I bring this up? Because I think inflation, we've been talking about it for years. I think inflation is going to be the biggest impact of your financial uh, financial life. 
in retirement. But here's the, here's the problem. Two things are going to occur. First of all, you can't lose your money in the market. People recently in January, first part of January, had a couple, they have about $2 million with us. It's a lot of money. His pension left a, retired from a big insurance company, took a cash out from his pension and his 401k, who built an amazing strategy for him, never to run out of money and to have increasing income every couple of years just to keep up with his spending or inflation because his wife is working, but she's going to be settling down. She's going to be going part-time as she does that. They're going to need more income in the next year, two or three. So we, we kind of layered it. We laddered it. Well, January comes around. They, they take out their annual distribution because they like to take out one big check and then they budget throughout the year. They, they put it in their bank and they spend it accordingly. No problem. People do that. As opposed to receiving a monthly check. You can do that either way. But they said, Eric, you know, we, we, uh, we're not happy with the interest rate we received. I said, well, well, why? Let me take a look. Okay, it wasn't great. It was about 7.5%. But 7.5%. I said, that's, that's really good. She said, well, not, not really because look at what Amazon did or, or you know, whatever she was picking. Apple, Tesla. Well, that's right. You could buy those stocks if you want. Well, uh, you know, that's, we, didn't want to, we didn't want to lose our money. I said, that's exactly right. Well, couldn't we have gotten a, a higher rate of return? I said, look, you have locked in. That is now your new floor. That means you won't ever make less than what you have in there plus that 7% interest. Those are both guaranteed now for the next 12 months. Market goes up, you'll learn some more. If it doesn't, it stays there. It could stay there for a year, two, three, four years. I don't know what the market's going to do. But it never goes backwards. So now recently we looked at her account she would be down, her and her husband would be down somewhere around $400,000. Can you imagine? Take away a zero, 40000 Take away another zero for you and me, $4,000. That's a scary amount to, lo- oh, sorry. What, what does your broker say? What is Wall Street? Sorry. sorry. No, 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 just stay with it. Stay with it. It's not, it's not a loss yet until you sell it. I go, well, then last year you told me it was a gain and you didn't sell it. So if it's only a loss when I sell it, isn't it only a gain when I sell it? I'm all right with either way. You just got to keep it consistent, right? As we say, keep the denominator the same. Either sell it or don't sell it. Either it's a gain or it's not a gain. It's a loss or it's not, right? Keep keep that in, in common. And so, of course, revisiting the conversation with her, I said, listen, nobody knew that the next two months was going to be uh, you know, a problem. But I can tell you, all of your money, plus the interest, protected and guaranteed, never goes backwards. It's kind of exciting. Really, what are you buying with your retirement account? Of course, a lifestyle. What are you buying with a fixed annuity or a fixed indexed annuity? Ready? Peace of mind. There is something to, to be said about opening your statement or going online or turning on your app on your phone and looking at your account and going, wait a second, you're telling me that my account is okay? Yeah, I am. Okay, well, I opened up the show talking about inflation. Really, that's, I think, the thing that's coming down the road to hit you more and more. We're already seeing it at grocery stores. We knew it was happening in the commodities world, which is uh, you know uh, anything you can touch. 
right? From orange juice, as they say, pork bellies, which is bacon, but beef and chicken, wheat, tomatoes, anything you can touch, right? Anything you eat. If you can touch it like gold, gold, silver, platinum. Okay, so when you think about that, you go, well, those could be going up in price. It sure could be. Yep. So what do we do for our clients, especially ones that a year ago maybe weren't sure about retiring? Well, look, it, the, the biggest challenge we have is husband and wives. One wants to retire, one doesn't. One says, I'm leaving at the end of the year. One says, I hope you don't. So I want to cover with you some of the things that I find that, that maybe it's a way to solve the problem too. Because I think part of what your challenge is and your fears which is really, I guess I gave away part of the secret that I think is the problem, is that fear, is that challenge. And so if I can do that, if I can kind of lay it out to you, I think you can at least address it and you know care for it in, in a scenario where you're not going to get in too much of a concern. Okay, so grab your pen and paper because here's a couple of things I want you to do. This is really important. These are questions. Simple, clean, easy to do three questions you and your spouse and if it's and if you don't have a spouse if it's just you three questions you have to answer because what i have found that is the 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 personal exploration the personal development that happens when you think about things when you research things a little bit more than just you know the news junkie of the day right it's it's kind of an inside and introspective approach rather so let's take a look Question number one, grab your pen and paper. You ready for this? I want you to write down, it could be one line. I'd prefer, really, I'd prefer that it's a paragraph or two. But question number one, what would you do with a million dollars? Now, if you have a million dollars, then make it 10 million. If you have 10 million, make it 100 million. I want it to be something that you don't have, something that you thought that the day comes when you have that $10 million, you're like, wow, my life would be so amazing. This I could do. That I would help. I would help this person in that organization. Okay, so walk through this with me. What would you do with $1 million? It might, If you have a million, maybe it's $10 million. That next number, that's a little higher. Okay, what would you do with that $10 million? Okay, second, I want you to answer this question the same way, a paragraph. Take a little time. Think about it. You can, you can do almost anything, right? This is you, so it's not a, there's not a right or wrong answer. There is an effort. There is a right or wrong effort. Are you going to do your best or are you going to try? If you're going to try, then don't bother. Not interested. If you're going to do your best, I'm all in with you. Here's the second question. What? Well, better yet, describe your perfect day. Describe your perfect day from the time you wake up from the, to the time you go to sleep. What does the perfect day look like? All right, so I want you to describe your perfect day. What does that look like from the morning until night? This last one is sometimes a little bit sad, and, and it is because for a lot of people, they haven't really thought of it. So when you go through this exercise, believe it or not, it can be a little bit emotional, and, and that's okay. That's okay. It can be. 
Number three, the question, how would you like to be remembered? How would you like to be remembered? Okay, these questions are important. Here's why. Because how you want to be remembered, that's the destination. How do you want to be remembered tells me where we're going. Whether, God willing, it's uh, 99 years of life or for most of us a lot shorter. Where are we going? What's our destination? Okay, so what would you do with my million or $10 million? The number, here it is, very simple. That's your money. Describe your perfect day. That's your time. Your date book and your checkbook are both illustrated by real things, right? The money, what would you do with it? And don't feel like, oh, well, I have to give a certain amount to charity because I think that's the right answer. I'm not asking for the right answer. I'm asking for your answer. And I'm not asking for you to try. I'm asking for you to do your best, which would mean your answer. And you can send these to, uh, to my email address if you'd like. I can kind of give you some pointers on what to do and, and how to develop those. Uh, let me give you my email address, arif at tfswealth.com. That's arif, A-R-I-F, at TFS, stands for Total Financial Solutions, tfswealth.com. Okay, important because other email address, uh, other email uh, comments and questions have come through. So I'm going to read those on the second hour. And remember, we're here for two hours now. Kind of exciting, a chance to be with you for two hours. Discover and, and uh, uncover, if you will, some of the financial questions you have. Gives us a chance. We'd love to meet with you while you have your pen out. Triple eight ninety nine retire. It's the best way to get a hold of us. Eight 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 nine nine seven three eight four seven. Triple eight ninety nine retire. And you can get a hold of us at any time. We'll, we'll kind of go over some of your financial questions. See what we can do to kind of outline whether or not we can help, what that looks like. Okay. Important. Describe your perfect day is your time. I want us to start doing more of those things. Your money. Remember, I said a lot of you will say, oh, I'd give this much to charity and I think this organization and I think this person and I'm willing to help you with all of that. But just don't do it because you think it's the right answer. Right? Listen, man... judges your actions and they're supposed to by the way I don't care what your fifth grade teacher tells you people you you're supposed to judge other people's actions that's the job that is your job we don't hang out with them why because they steal why don't you let your kids play with the kids down the street that that do drugs oh because you're judging judger (laughs) judger person why why don't you because you judge their actions you're supposed to we don't like that person they gossip we don't like that. We don't hang out with that family. We don't go out with that couple anymore. They're just mean to each other and they treat each other with disrespect at the dinner table. They make us feel uncomfortable. We're not going to do that. You judge. Now, listen, their soul, whether or not they're going to heaven, that's a God thing. That's not mine. I'm not interested in that responsibility. I can judge who I spend time with because that's part of my perfect day, right? I want to get to that as, as much as possible all the time. And why would I spend time with people that don't like me or that I don't like? You wouldn't. You shouldn't. Well, but if I have a job. Okay, we'll get to that in a minute. But I'll show you how, you how you can start kind of maneuvering or manipulating away from some of those things that aren't fun. And financially speaking, well, let me back up. I'm not talking about fun as everything has to be this uh, video game stimulation, happy, happy. If you, if you track holiness first, 
whatever that looks like to you, right? You don't have to buy into my faith. But if you track holiness first, I think happiness comes a lot easier and more frequent. But if you track happiness, rarely at this moment in earth will you find holiness. So it can lead you in some pretty ugly directions. Just my thoughts, right? I mean, I guess it's Sunday, so I'm supposed to, (laughs) I can be a little theological. So follow holiness first. Track that holiness option for you. And I think you have a better chance at leading to happiness. So I say all of that because I want you to know how you spend your money is, is an exchange of time, right? You've already spent that time and you were rewarded with dollars. The dollars are in your hand. The time is gone forever. That's why when it comes to retirement accounts, when you lose it in the market, you can't get the time back, right? You've heard me in past shows. I've shared with you. Uh, The rules are written by rich people, and they say that if you have a loss in your retirement account, you cannot write it off on your taxes. If you have a gain in your retirement, you've owned something for a year and a day, the very favorable capital gains rate is not something you can use when it's in your retirement account. Now, if you own stocks, bonds, mutual funds, if you own those things outside of your retirement account and you have a gain... Well, you're going to check with your CPA, your tax preparer, and say, hey, I guess I'm going to pay less than ordinary income in taxes. Yes, you can. But not if that same stock bond mutual fund is inside of your retirement account, regardless of how you earned any gain or interest. It's all taxed as ordinary income. So that's my point. All the benefits for taking that risk have been stripped away. Not all, not 100%, but... But these three that I'm talking about, that I think are some of the most important, right? What would that be? Well, if I took a risk and I fail, I can deduct it on my taxes. Nope, not in your retirement account. Well, uh, the fees, I mean, the costs, right? There's management fees. People have to eat dinner. The, The guys that help me, men and women that Wall Street gets paid. So what about them? Nope, can't write that off on your taxes. Okay, but what about uh, the gains? At least when I earn gains, I can, no, no, sorry, ordinary income tax. So because the gains are structured to be taxed at the highest rate possible, both state and federal, then you ask yourself, should I have some or part of my retirement in a place where I don't take the risk because I'm not rewarded, I don't pay the fees because I'm not able to deduct them on my taxes, And at least the gain, that's a wash. I'm going to pay ordinary income tax, ordinary income tax. I might as well have a reliable, reasonable, predictable, and growth potential income. Because that's the trade-off, right? I was mentioning earlier that inflation is here. You have to look and think about this for a second. The, The inflation process means you're going to have to make more money in order to buy the same things that you bought last year. Well, the accounts that we have are very cool because they structure themselves where on an annual basis, we can increase your income. Now, maybe it's every other year. Maybe it's a lot one year, nothing the next year. But over time, your income can increase. Sometimes it's laddering where we use various accounts, right? We turn on one, 
Okay, now the wife stops working part-time. We need to replace that income. Start another one. It's been four years. Great, that has had four years to grow. Nope, now start the next one. That's been eight years, right? We can structure it however we want, every couple of years. And the most important part of this process is to realize when husbands and wives decide to retire, sometimes the fear is very great. And I'm going to explain to you how I deal with that after the, after the break here. I'm going to give you the number again, 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-997-3847. 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-997-3847. Okay, our phone number, uh, because it's uh, pretty catchy, right? You should remember it. If you have a question, give us a call anytime during the week. Even on the weekend, you can leave a message if I don't answer. Sometimes they answer even on the weekends. If I'm at the office, if I'm stopping by, if I'm doing something, if, if the phone rings and I'm not running out to meet my wife for lunch or dinner, I'll pick it up and we'll have a conversation. Maybe I can help. Stay with me. We continue. What if you disagree with your spouse about when to retire? I'll have that solution for you when we come back on the Total Financial Total Financial Hour. Total Financial Solutions, TFS Financial Insurance Services. I'm Eric Halby. Stay with us. About financial power, the total financial hour. Now Arif has a plan for me, higher income strategy. I'll retire comfortably. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy, learn from Arif Halaby. Hey, welcome back. Thanks for staying with me. Arif Halaby, the total financial hour, Triple eight ninety nine retire I have to put that out there because sometimes I forget. Triple eight ninety nine retire 888 9973847. All right, keep your pen and paper handy because um, I want to go over some of the things. I touched on a little bit about retirement accounts and some of those things, and, and I've done it in the past as well, but I received enough questions from you guys that I want to kind of revisit this. Uh, I'm going to Jen Saki it. I hope that's okay with you. It's called Circle Back. I'm going to Jen Saki it and come right back to. In other words, I'm not going to answer your question, nor will I ever answer it, especially because the radio and the TV monitors are looking at me. But I won't. I'll answer your question. Okay, here it is. Uh, wealthy people. They talked about, hey, Arif, first of all, what's the definition of somebody that's wealthy? Uh, I don't know. It's like somebody who's good looking. Some people find some people good looking. Other people find other people good looking. What is my general number, I guess, or, or way? It's if all of your bills can be met by income each and every month, and let's say you have mm, maybe twice of that left. So in other words, if your bills are $3,000 a month and you have another $6,000 coming in each and every month, that to me starts to become down the road of wealthy. Now, it also means that maybe you have six figures in your retirement account. 
six figures in savings. You probably will never use that money. That starts to clarify, almost like the focus starts to come in a little clearer that you may or may not be down that wealthy category. Now, look, a lot of people in Southern California forget, oh, I have a house that's worth 800000 and I owe a hundred. You are you might as well be a billionaire to most of the country. Because most of the country buys a house for one twenty five and they sell it for one ninety five. Or two eighty eight and they sold it for three fifty and they think they're rich. Right? So so we are skewed a little bit here in Southern California just because the price of real estate is so off the charts and it makes up a much, much greater significant portion of our net worth. So I'm aware of it. But what wealthy people, when I say that word, it's people that have money that will be left over for sure for their children or charities or spouse, other people. And so what I was covering was a wealthy person leaves to their children, to their heirs, life insurance, Roth IRAs or Roth 401ks, meaning it's tax free. And they leave real estate because all of that is a tax free transfer to your children. All of that is a tax-free rollover, if you will, into their lives. So you have to look at this and ask yourself, if wealthy people, okay, right, let me back, rich people make the rules, they've always made the rules, they make the rules here. All right, that's important you know that. Because if all of that is said, then you have to ask yourself a couple of questions. One of those specifically is if rich people make the rules, and these are the rules, why aren't I playing by those rules because you know that's part of the the thing is if you want to play if you want to be rich you just play by their rules you know you're playing the game anyway by the way just so you know surprise american capitalism surprise <laughs> you're playing the game you don't know it sometimes people will bounce around and try to figure out why if when and meanwhile you go gosh that guy i knew that guy in high school he couldn't spell i knew that guy in high school he <laughs> couldn't get out of basic math Yeah, because you thought the answer to success and wealth was purely education through the academic realm, and that's not the case anymore. Now it's financial education, as well as going to college. My kids forced to go to school. We didn't. We didn't. We didn't give them a chance. We said, "Hey, um, yeah, college is just expected." Like their whole lives, they didn't even know that was an option to not go. I'm not saying that's right or wrong, or you have to do that. I'm just telling you that my love for education is much greater than just, oh, don't go or do go. It's part of the process and and developing you. And today you can get it for free on your own computers. So a lot of the education that people spend 30, 40, 50,000 or more per year, you can go to your favorite search engine and type it in and it will tell you exactly what to do, how to do it, how to speak French, how to do quantum physics, what's the formula for this. Right, I've shared with you. It used to take me a weekend on a and the the library at Cal State Northridge. My mom would drop me off because our high school library had a was crappy. Put it nicely, LA Unified. Thank you. Right, it depends on if you dodged the the two gangs that were fighting at the time. So if you wanted to get any kind of information, my mom knew that and would take us to Northridge Library, a much better library. Northridge, Cal State Northridge. Okay. Today, information is free. So why is it that wealthy people are operating the way that they're doing? It's very simple because they give their 401ks, their IRAs, their retirement accounts. Those are all given to charity. That, that's how the name continues. That's how they, quote, make a difference. 
So be careful about that. Now, if you are, quote, wealthy, if you have a lot of money, it doesn't mean that you and your spouse aren't afraid, one of you or both, when it comes to when to retire. So often I find that the fear between the husband and wife, when they one says, I want to retire, and the other one says, no, or are you sure, or can you work one more year? I'm going to give you the, I don't know if it's 80 or 90%, 76.5%, I'm not sure, but it's definitely the vast majority of the time I'm going to explain to you how it comes across my desk. Okay, sometimes it's different, but the vast majority of time, this is how it is. The wife usually stays at home or works part-time or works full-time, but the main driver of retirement income would be the husband. He works at company X or the utility. You pick the utility. I have them all that that come into our office. And she either works part-time or she works full-time, but doesn't make as much. And certainly her, her income for retirement is derived a lot from his, his pension, his retirement account. Now, often the way these retirement accounts work, for example, at age 55, you might make $3,000 a month in your pension. I saw this just this week, this last week. Okay, age 55, 3,000 and change. Work till age 60, just five more years. And it's nearly 6,000. It's 59.80, I think was the number, per month, meaning it's nearly double just by working five more years. So if you don't have a way to to answer that question, the spouse who doesn't have the skill set or the income or the ability to make up that extra 3000 if you pass away, she's scared to death. I mean, literally, I've had arguments and people cried. And I mean, it's just not an, it's not an easy process to just go through and say, all right, it looks like here's the answer. Here's how you're going to leave. Here's, here's what you're going to do to retire. It's kind of like trying to trying to take the dog on a walk, right? And, and the dog digs in and, and you're pulling the collar and uh, she digs in her little hind quarters and her front paw. You're just not taking her for a walk, right? It's like me trying to say, no, 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 you can retire. The numbers work. If you haven't addressed the fear in your spouse that you're not going to be running out of money, and I'm going to implore you one thing that's pretty important. You know if you have the financial credibility with your spouse. And most of you, I'm just going to say, don't. You just don't because you've made dumb decisions, financially speaking. You, you spend money you shouldn't be spending. I don't mean you, you don't have a million, $10 million in your savings. That's fine. But your spouse has seen you make not so great financial decisions. So when she or he, but usually it's the she, when she sees that, and then now you say, and we can now retire. We have enough money. She's going to go, um, can we have a second opinion? That's what I'm here for. That's what I'm here for. I can help you with that second opinion. Triple eight ninety nine retire We don't charge anything for your, if, listen, the companies have all built in a way to pay us, right? It's built into every product in the world, whether it's a bottle of water or a computer. Companies are always going to find a way to pay Make more money than they give you and pay the people that, that bring them the business. That's us. Today, they all pay us about the same, so it almost doesn't matter one way or the other which company we work with. It's all relatively close, so it doesn't matter if it's company X or Y. And why this makes a difference to you is because now you can have a third party give a professional opinion and say yes or no 
or here's what the yes looks like. It looks like this, this much per month. Next year, it'll be this much. We can kind of increase it every couple of years. And if you go, but that's not enough to live on, then I'm going to say, stay for that another five years. Okay, so it's not, it isn't a secret. It's just, hey, can we make a difference or not? You can always retire at any time once you hit that, you know, the minimums that they require. So if things don't work out, if you don't like it, because here's the challenge. The stress is often on the man. In my example, right? Again, you guys, you know that it's whatever, 80, 75, 80%, whatever the number is, maybe more. Where... She's afraid she's going to run out of money. He's going, you mean I got to be for another hour in traffic every single day, each way to work for how many more years? You're killing me. You say, oh, yeah, 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 I need it. We have to. We need the money. You see, so from his point of view, he's thinking it's like prison. Now, a lot of men enjoy what they do, maybe most. But the process is prison. The process is I'm waiting for my exit date for the day I get released from jail. And when you're trying to dig your heels in and not let you know the leash come, you're, you're trying to tell the eh, never, never, never. And that's what starts a lot of the arguments. There's that fear of running out of money or what happens if you die? Is there a way for me to still retire, still live? What happens? I don't understand the financial world. I don't understand the, the stocks, bonds and things that you're buying. So how do I make sure that I don't run out of money when you die? How do I make sure that I don't make a bad decision? So a lot of these things that are taking place, they're you going through the process with your spouse, whichever side you're on, whether you're on the fear side or the, uh, you know, almost if I can say the bitter side, right? The angry side. Because you don't want to be a jerk to your wife, right? Most of you men are pretty good guys. You don't want to be a jerk, but you do want some freedom. And you'll say, but listen, I just want to feel free. I'm tired of this game. It's time to go. I want to do something else, right? We had one particular client, worked uh, for many years, and believe it or not, his hobby, you ready for this, is making knives. Making knives. His knives are so beautiful. I don't even know if anybody should ever use them. <laughs> I think they should be in museums. The artwork is stunning. And I don't say that easily. There's a lot of guys that make knives and, and they're nice pieces and on and on. But oh, and, oh my gosh. And he has a different job where he's got to drive an hour each way. I mean, it's tough. So for him to be able to retire, which is what we were able to do for him, I'm very excited. He retired this year. We built an amazing income strategy for him and now he can do knives full time right because oh he'll sell them and maybe he'll make a lot maybe he'll make more money but they're beautiful and that's where your skill set so remember i always talk about purpose and passion right you worked at a job and maybe you were good at it maybe somebody got you into the union or got you that job with it so difficult with the utility with the you know water company electric company Maybe you got that job. Okay, wonderful. And what do you do next? Well, well now you, you are married and you have a baby. And you think, because I now have a job that is steady, that provides benefits, I can't just leave and follow my passion. So just remember, these guys are just you know marking time. They're doing their job, but they have a passion that's different. 
And often, ladies, you're the one that's afraid. But what if, what if, what if? I need health insurance. If he retires before 60, what do we do for health insurance? Well, we know how to budget for that. That's what we do. We know how to make sure that the income is sufficient to pay that because it has to be. There, there's no question, guys. I'm not going to say, hey, you have enough to retire and good luck trying to pay the bills. All right, We don't do that. Sometimes, I'd say about 20% of the time, I have to tell them to work a little longer. Not a lot, but, but 20%. It's enough where the wife's fears are proven uh, to be founded in, in reality, in numbers. But remember this. That fear is usually about communication. Right? Women like to talk a lot about things because that's their, that's their thing. There's a communication. And men, I think we can learn from that. Right? There's been all these studies. Uh, a man does all of his speaking. I, I can't remember the number. Let's say it's 10,000 words a day for, man, for men and 40,000 words a day for women. And a guy comes home from work and he's, he's done all of them. He's over. <laughs> he's, he's spent his 10,000. And she says, great, now you're home. Now I want to talk to you and ask you these questions, ask you these questions. And he's like, oh, man, are you kidding me? I'm tired. I, get, I spent all my words. Well, man, I'm going to tell you, you're going to have to save some of those. Maybe it's a weekend. Maybe you come home early one day. You have a long conversation. I think if you have math numbers that are not arguable, right? They're just one plus one is two, regardless of whatever the LA Unified or whatever the school districts are trying to teach this year, right? The, the whole math or whatever they called it. It was ridiculous. One plus one is two. If I can tell you how much the math, how much the uh, the, the electric bill is, and, and we can build in an inflation corridor, and on and on, we'll know. Yes, we can make a difference, or no, we can't. Yes, you can stay home. No, you can't. Especially if you're going to work part time. But guys, it's um, it's serious about you doing my three questions. I mentioned those earlier. You can go back to the podcast and pull those up. I won't go into them too much, but I do want you to remember communication. So that you can do the things that make a difference. That's the purpose. But can you afford it? Can you afford it? We can do that. That's the, the second opinion part that I can do for you. And then listen, this is another thing. And look, there's a lot of good financial guys that can do second opinion. So, so make sure you find one. If you're not interested in working with us, that's okay too. But find somebody. Here's the other part. Worry about being alone financially. She's always concerned about that. What if you pass away? Because remember, when one of you dies, you lose the lower of the two social security checks if you receive it at all. And number two, many of you that receive a pension don't have the same amount going to your spouse. In other words, whatever, $5,000 a month for me and $3,000 a month for my spouse if I die, as opposed to $4,200 each. You might say, oh, but I want the extra $5,000. Great, but I want, here's what I want you to do, guys. I need you to buy life insurance with that extra Right, you got an extra two thousand dollars that will not be coming in. Take some of that. I don't know, five hundred a month. We can do a great life insurance plan that can last the rest of your life. It's a tax-free distribution. God forbid it happens, but it could. And it can go directly to your wife if you pass away. So it's a great way to transfer wealth so that she has peace of mind. It's a great way to pay off debt. If she has peace of mind. And are you ready for this? Maybe you have an asset or two. A rental property or apartment building or duplex. Maybe you have 
a few annuities that kick in over time. You've heard me talk about, uh, if you've listened to the station, we, have the, we had the movie that we played out in Santa Clarita at the Lemley Theater. It's called The Baby Boomer Dilemma. You have to see that movie. We're going to be showing it again next month. Send us an email if you have a question or if you want to sign up for it. It's Arif at tfswealth.com. Arif at tfswealth.com. What that does is it tells us you want to get on the list, and then we'll, we'll forward you the information. It's great. We, we provide the popcorn. The movie's free. I want you to learn a little bit about uh, what we think is some of the issues coming down the road, and it's called The Baby Boomer Dilemma. It's a great movie. We pay for it for you. All right, here's what I'd like you to do in this process, though, guys, which, which can, I think, make a difference. If you can solve the peace of mind quotient in retirement, and that's going to be inflation, it's going to be, can I still do the things I want to do? And is it going to be purpose? Because here's the final thing, and I hesitated bringing it up, but I think it's an important part because I'm starting to hear more and more of it. The stay-at-home wife, she has a routine, even if she works part-time. She has things that she does. She might help you get up in the morning and, and you know, get your coffee. She might uh, you know, pack your lunch for the day. She, she might do things like that, and, and you're gone. Bye-bye. Gone. Bye-bye. And you drive away. She waves, and you're gone. And then she has a life, and it doesn't include you. And now you're retired, and you sit home, and you look, and you go, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? And she says, well, I have lunch with my friends today. You're like, yeah, but can I come? Uh, well, I'm going. I have shopping. Okay, what about me? Right, and suddenly you become this, <laughs> this thing that is, is cramping her style, and it impacts her life because her normal routine is now upended because you are around, almost like a four-year-old pulling on her, her shirt. You know, hey, 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 mom, 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 hey, hey. Right? You've been to the grocery store. We've been there. Dad, 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 dad. And you're like, oh my gosh, kids. Right? You're home as a retiree. And after you've cleaned out the garage and cleaned out the closets, right? After two weeks, okay, and we're done. <laughs> now what do you do? Well, some of you will sleep in. You'll watch TV all night, all day. You'll read. You'll sit in a corner. You'll overeat. And she looks at it and she goes, are you kidding me? All of these years of sacrifice so that I could wait for the day for you to retire and this is what you call retirement? Is sitting your fanny on the, on the chair and reading? Doing crossword puzzles? Watching TV? Why don't you just go back to work? At least we'll have more money coming in. You're just as absent as you would be if you were at work. Right? So there's both extremes. There's the one who's pulling on her shirt tail every, every couple minutes and then there's the other one who just says, I, I, I paid my dues. And now I'm coasting. And man, I'm going to tell you that, look, I know I'm stereotypical with this. Sometimes it's, it's ladies, but man, I'm going to tell you that from my point of view, remember I said you, you track holiness first. And there's something about honoring your wife, paying attention to your wife, uh, adding to the value of your relationship, not taking, give me this, give me that. Go hire a maid. Right, you're rich enough to stop working. All right, hire somebody to do all those. Hi, hey, 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 give me water. Hey, can I have a coffee? Give me a beer. Go hire somebody for that. 
I don't mean you guys shouldn't help each other out. We do that all the time. Can I get you something while I'm up? Can I get you something? I want you to do that. But more importantly in this process, you have a plan. And you have a purpose. So that you don't sit in the chair and eat, eat chips and gain weight. You don't sit in there and ignore the people that you, quote, worked your whole life to support, right? As if it's now, you know, the other side of the equation. Now everybody has to serve you. There's a reason that articles have been written over and over again. It's called the graying of divorce. I don't know who coined the term. Somebody did, not me. The graying of divorce, meaning that you're starting to see divorces occur at 30, 40 years, 50 years of marriage all the time now. It used to be a really weird, you know, weird, uh, rare thing. And now we're seeing it happen more and more. So why is that occurring? Why is it that people are getting to the age after all the hard work generally was done, right? Raising kids, buying things, paying bills, getting your career secure, finding out where you're going to live, figuring out the relationship dynamics, who does what, when, how, right? All of those things that mattered a lot. And now the work is done and people are divorcing. And a lot of it is, look, the kids have grown. Uh, I built a whole life without you. And now you're coming in and, and cramping my style. I'm not interested in doing that. I have other things I want to do. I'm not interested in sitting at home. I can tell you on all the clients that we have that have divorced after all those years of marriage, it's usually because, well, one of them was because he had an affair with his and, and wanted to marry one of his students. He was a professor. That's one of them. But the others have all been because the guy comes home and sits around and does nothing. And she's like, are you kidding me? I, I spent 30 years of my life for this? I thought we were going to travel. I thought we were going to go do something exciting. I thought we were going to, you know, that kind of thing. That's a big deal. And I don't want you to miss out on some of the best times in life, which is called the peace of mind times, right? It's called the, the relax and make a difference. It could be going on a missions trip. We see that a lot. A lot of adult missions go out six months or four months or a year. You make a difference in retirement, all right? And respect the one that you're, that you're with on this journey. When we come back, I'm going to get into some of your emails on our second hour of the Total Financial Show. I'm Eric Hallaby. This is the Total Financial Hour on AM870, The Answer, 888-99-RETIRE. We'll be right back. I'll retire comfortably Thanks to Arab Halaby Now every dollar's got a job Financial security will help you live the life you dream Learn about financial power The total financial hour Now higher income strategy Learn from Arab Halaby Hey, welcome back to the show. Arif Hallaby here. This is our second hour. Uh, we're going to do this every week, so stay with us each time. We have a lot to talk about. Uh, I try to do your emails as well. I've got special guests uh, coming up. One, I think, that is going to blow, well, actually two, I think, that are going to blow your mind. 
um, we're just working on scheduling now, guys. You would not believe uh, the, the some of the changes, and I think it's important that you understand the economy is changing. This is one of those moments in time when we have a big change, like after World War II, after uh, Nixon took us off the gold standard. Uh, I would say about 110 years ago after the collapse of the Bank of the United States. In fact, the second Bank of the United States. It was the the first Bank of the United States was created uh, many years earlier. It collapsed. It was created again. collapsed about 100 years ago. And that's when the Federal Reserve, or the Fed, was created. Uh, this isn't a whole history lesson, lesson on that. But just know that in that particular time period, it changed. It changed a lot. But most of you, 100 years ago, were still bartering. I'll give you two pigs. You give me bushels of wheat. I'll give you a cow. You give me some, right? That's the way it worked. So when money, when the banks collapsed so many years back, 100 years back, it affected people, but not as much. When the stock market collapsed in 1929, who lost the most? Well, wealthy people lost the most, right? I mean, you had to have money in the market. Most of us had money in the banks or the CDs or a house or a farm or some you know, cash that was hidden at the house. 25% of America was unemployed. That, that, that wanted to work. Well, that's almost the number that was at COVID. I think it might even have been close to 25. And the world still ran and things still happened. And we still had, listen, it was harder to find this. Manufacturers weren't producing this as quick. Yes, store shelves were empty back then and they are certainly empty now. This is the change. So how do you position yourself for these changes? Well, I just look for companies that have been around through all those other changes. Right. Whenever we work with a financial institution, I, I don't just say, oh, who's the flavor of the week? It's not how it works. The company has, has to have been in business for a period of time. In fact, they had to have been in, a, in business long enough to do a couple of things. And one of those specifically is they had to have not just survived, but thrived, continued to grow no matter what. Right. This is important. They had to have continued to grow no matter what during the different economic times. Okay, so that's that's what we do. I, I don't know if your particular company or your institution is still going to be around after this craziness. Uh, you know, maybe your employer will leave. Maybe they change. Maybe they go do something different. Uh, but I do know that in this process of you trying to figure out, you know, what you do next, trust institutions that have been around long enough. They've been around through the ups and through the downs. They've been around through these various uh, difficult times. And believe it or not, it's certain banks and it is insurance companies. Those are the institutions we trust. Uh, you can say otherwise, uh, but I just have the proof. Right? They've been around since the 1890s, 1920s. I mean, these are companies that have been around through various changes. So I share that with you because one of the questions I have from, I guess she just put her initials, uh, K. Let's see. Arif, you, dear Arif, you've talked about life insurance a few times on various shows. What are your thoughts on the purpose of life insurance in retirement? My husband has a $250,000 life insurance plan through his work. He is retiring in four months and will lose this plan. I'm going to pause for a minute there. Guys, just so you know, that's, that's pretty normal. They lose the, the insurance. You guys lose it when you leave. And it also reduces, meaning from age 55 to to, 60, uh, to 59, it's one amount. 
From 60 to 65, there's another amount. From 66 to, right? So in other words, the older we get, if you're still employed, they start reducing the coverage, even though the cost might stay about the same. So I want you to look at some of these plans because you can lock in certain rates, especially if you do it when you're young, especially if you do it, uh, you know, when you're healthy. So, so think about that in this particular case. All right, continuing. Should he have life insurance after retirement? We have over $1 million saved for, uh, for retirement income, and he has a pension. I have Social Security. Since our house is paid off and we do not have any of the kids living at home, I was thinking of just canceling it. What do you think? All right, Kay, so here's the concern that I have. Does he have other sources of income besides Social Security? So I'm hopeful he has a pension. I know you said that you have Social Security. Or maybe he just has that 401k, that retirement plan. So we can turn that retirement plan into an income stream. And I would probably ladder it, right? I would probably would would have it structured over the course of a little bit of time. Uh, It doesn't have his age in there. So I'm guessing, let's call him, you know, 65 years old. So we can still buy a life insurance plan. Yes, they're a little more costly for sure. And we're hopeful that he's he's, uh, healthy. But even if he isn't, some of that retirement plan, we can buy certain uh, annuities that actually have an accelerated amount of dollars available in case he passes away. Meaning there's a bonus added, 7, 10, 20, even 30 plus percent. We can find companies that will give you an increase if he were to pass away. And that's a very valuable thing because what we haven't mentioned for a little while is for you, Kay, and everybody else, when one of you passes away, the income tax rate nearly doubles. So let me back up. You lose the lower of the two social security checks. The income tax rate doubles because the year following that person passes away, you're no longer filing married, filing jointly. You're filing single. And look at the single tax rates. They're about double. And often the pension is reduced. So we lose social security, one of them. The pension, if there is one, is reduced. And we pay double in taxes. So my strategy for that is often to use a life insurance plan to bump up the savings in retirement so that it gives that ongoing stream of income. And if you come into the office, we look at it. I I tell you, sometimes I say you have a pretty good plan. Don't change it. I mean, that happens a lot. Maybe 30, 40% of the time. Your life insurance plan is sufficient. I wouldn't change it. Sometimes I say, well, let's run it or run some numbers. Maybe it's because life insurance has been reducing in costs over the last decade. So if you've had a plan over the last 10 years, there's a good chance you might be able to save money or get the same, uh, the same payment, but for much higher in, in coverage. Some of the coverage, some of the life insurance today has what's called living benefits. We call it a hybrid type of a plan, meaning you can use the death benefit while you're still alive for certain things like critical illness, chronic illness, long-term care type Injuries, you might be able to use it for that. All right, so it makes sense to review it. Bring it in. Come on into the office, 888-99-RETIRE. I'll shoot you an email back, and and you can set up a time that works best for you. Or you can call us at 888-99-RETIRE, 888-997-3847. I like the idea that the house is paid off. 
but we never pay off property tax, right? We never pay off utilities. I had an older gentleman come in and tongue in cheek, of course, but he said, Eric, I tried to pay off all of my bills before I retire, but can you tell me when my cell phone is paid off? I said, what? He goes, yeah, every single month I have to pay this AT&T bill for the, for, for cell phone. I go, well, it's now a utility, my friend. It's never paid off. He goes, well, I want that deal. We paid off our house. We pay off our cars. We buy them with cash. And when do we pay off our cell phone? Never, never. Just like your cable bill, your, your Wi-Fi at home, never is it paid off. So you have to treat it like a utility, a normal expense. That's why the income portion of your life, that steady stream of income has to go up a little bit because you know they don't reduce cable bills. You know the Department of Water and Power never sends you a a letter that's saying, hey, you've been such a great customer, we're going to reduce your bills. Instead, they say, oh, you make more money, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to have you pay for the poor people. You're like, what? Yep. We're going to have you pay for everybody else because we know that, uh, you know, this is... It's for the children, for the children, for children or disabled people or injured people or listen, I love everybody, but the point is everybody gets something instead of saying, Hey, you know what? We're going to help you so you can bust your tail and work as hard as you want and grow your wealth. Instead, they say, we're going to take from those that are making. And then of course, the ones that receive it, right? When you, when you hear it said, they rob Peter to pay Paul, they rob Peter to pay Paul. I go, well, have you ever thought of one particular thing called when you rob Peter to pay Paul, you're going to always have Paul's support. Peter's going to object because you just took from him. (laughs) Paul is like, I like that idea. It's just like if you live in a place that has what we call rent control. It's very dangerous. If you own property in a city that has rent control, it's very dangerous. Here's why. Because let's say you have an apartment building with 20 people that live there and they're registered to vote and they vote. Not everybody votes, but let's just say they do. Okay, 20 people vote. And maybe you live in the same city. And they say things like, uh, we're going to put this on the ballot to see if people agree. And they put this measure on the ballot that says we're going to have rent control for this city. Well, you get one vote. You're the only one that owns the place. The other 20 don't own the apartment, but they get to vote on whether or not you can't raise their their rent. Do you think they're going to vote yes on that? <laughs> of course they are. And you're going to vote no. Of course you are. So 20 voted yes, we're going to we're going to cap the amount that you can raise the rents and the other one person who owns it says no. Surprise, it is passed. And then when it's passed, like Santa Monica, what happens to the construction of the buildings, the upkeep of the, the and maintenance of the buildings? Nobody does it because how can you afford to do it when property taxes go up, when rents cannot increase? We have clients, guys. And listen, I love it because there are clients, but it just isn't, it isn't right. Remember, I hate the F word, fair. Is it right or wrong? You know, then I say, okay, what, what measures are you using? I use the Bible, the Constitution, right? The Old and New Testament. Bill of Rights, that's what I use to say, yes, it's right or no, it's wrong, right? Okay. So why do I think it isn't wrong? It is wrong. It's very simple. Because even though we have clients that are millionaires, 
multimillionaires in some cases. And their rent in Santa Monica is $950 a month, a few blocks from the beach. I love that idea. If, you, if you're that person, you're my client. I like it that you have a wonderful life and you're multimillionaire. And you know if you move, they're going to raise that rent to $3,000 a month. But then, guys, you don't have the right to complain that the flooring needs to be redone or you're going to sue the guy because the, the paint is chipping off. Where, where do you like them to pull the money from? Right? You're supposed to pay them. So my concern is if you're retired and part of your income is going to come from an income stream where there's rent control, you have to learn how to manage that properly. It means you have to learn how to maybe pay people to go away. That's what they do a lot. There's certain rules on when you can kick people out, when you can't. Know what they are so you don't violate any rules. You don't get into trouble. All right, pretty important you do that. Because in this process of retirement, I like multiple streams of income. Social security is one. Pension would be great. Rental property, nice. And maybe two or three or five different annuities that are paying out over the course of time at different periods. Wonderful ideas. You can have a deferred one that pushes out income a little bit. Don't start this income until I'm 70. Okay, great. We'll start that then. Meanwhile, it's growing, 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 getting yourself down the road a little bit higher income because we're waiting a little while. Right? These are important understanding uh, concepts so that you can manage the income stream that you receive. How long will Russia be in Ukraine? I'm going to tell you exactly how to fix this problem. Every night on the in international television, you have a running list of all of the generals, lieutenant colonels, uh, parliamentarians, everybody that's voted for this war. Of course, Putin's name is on there. And you say, here are the men and women that are creating, committing, and guilty of war crimes. And you can put next to it, lieutenant colonel, whatever. Approve the bombing of three different apartment buildings, killing two, wounding 75. I want that on the screen. I want that every day. We're going to be going after him, his family wealth, anything that has his name on it, any wealth that he had two months prior. So if he tries to shift it over into his kids' names, we're going to go after it. Two months prior to the invasion, what, wherever the asset, you don't get to divorce your wife and say you have nothing. Tough luck. We're going after her as well. And you put that on the television screen. The second thing you do is you keep a tally of the damages. Of course it's an estimate. Right? What does it cost to rebuild six buildings? And this is the total. Russia, I don't care how you pay for it, Russia. You're going to pay for this. You're going to pay for it tomorrow, next week, next month. Five years from now, Russia, you will pay. We will assess just like Germany had to pay after World War I. We're going to take from your oil reserves 20% of all the dollars that come in to repay, to rebuild Ukraine. And you keep a tally. We're now at $4 billion. Guys, overnight, they bombed uh, this. It's $4.6 billion. And you keep a tally. And those men and women are on track to be the ones that are tried and hopefully convicted in The Hague. The United States has the cell phone number of every single one of those generals. And during the Iraq war, this is now public, I think, I hope, because I'm going to tell you about it. During the Iraq war, the reason we had many generals from the Republican Guard and others not commit their forces and instead have them 
stand up and, and wave the white flag, right? You had two men driving a Humvee and saying they had a thousand people surrender to them. They just go to the back of the line, go to the back of the line. It's very simple. The Americans said this. They said, we're going to kill and destroy you and your family. Or here's $3 million and you and your family gets to get to relocate and become citizens of the United States anywhere in the United States. $3 million and you don't have to commit your men and to fight. The Iraqi generals were not stupid. The Russian generals are not stupid. We can do the exact same thing. Now, I bring this up for a couple of reasons. One is the uncertainty that is today's economic environment. Massive uncertainty. Six, seven dollar, eight dollar gallon of gas. Who do you think that hurts? Those of you that have a million, two, three, four million dollars, those of you that make eight, nine, ten thousand dollars a month, it, it doesn't. Listen, it hurts me, it hurts you because we can't go buy other things or do other things or save as much. I get it. But who do you think the Democrat policies are hurting? The working class, right? The lady that's a housekeeper, the guy that drives Uber, the young people, husband and wife that are, are waiters at a restaurant. That's who it hurts. It doesn't hurt the, the, the 59-year-old or 64-year-old who saved their whole life. And yeah, they, it stinks. Oh my gosh, I have to pay more money for gas. Oh, it's horrible. Yeah, you just drive the, the sports car a little less if, if that's what you do. But the person trying to get to work each day. Democrat policies have and always will hurt the working class. Have and always will hurt the minority community. They are built to control and manipulate, not to assist. That's the trade-off. Now, I share that with you because there's hope that the United States will move away from these crazy people, the progressives, the Democrat policies, this year at the end, at the end of the year in the election. We're hopeful. Now, I don't know if they will. I don't know if, if we have the courage or if the Democrats are going to try to manipulate the election like they did last go-around. They did manipulate the election. We know that. It's, that's over. The difference now is whether or not it was enough to change the vote. I, I'm not willing to say that just because I don't see the evidence. I do see the evidence that they have manipulated the vote. No question. Was it enough to change the outcome? I have my feelings like you do. But I don't know. I don't know. So I need you to know that this uncertainty, this craziness can and will affect your retirement income can and will affect your ability to have cash flow that keeps coming in regardless of what happens, right? Whether it is something like the, uh, the um, I don't know, you call it cash flow quadrant, right? The rich dad, poor dad idea. Whether it means that you accumulate assets, whether it means that you are paying off your debt. These are important things that you realize as part of the equation there's a way to get some or part of your money out of the market. What is your concern? Arif, I don't know if I should sell when the market is low or when it's high. I don't know either. You have to make that decision. How was it a year ago? Are you more than a year ago? Then maybe you should think about selling. Are you less than a year ago? I don't know. Does the bonus help make up some of that? Maybe. Is the purpose of this money to give you income? 
right? Your accumulation phase, think of it like this. The accumulation phase of your retirement life is about gathering assets because your food, shelter, clothing, your expenses, that comes from your job, your job income. Pretty steady, pretty pretty reasonable, consistent. But on the other side of it, your assets, your chunks of money that's sitting in a retirement account, it's supposed to go up and down because you have 20 years before you retire. So keep buying, keep sending in money, the company match, profit sharing, 401k, keep putting it in there because you're buying when it's high, buying when it's low, buying when it's high, buying when it's low. You smooth out those peaks and valleys. It's called dollar cost averaging. You can get enough money into the system where you don't need it to live on each and every day. If you can do that, then the purpose of this money while you're working is to be accumulating lots of shares in this case. All right, now you're within three, four, five years of retirement or you've just retired three, four, five years ago. That's a pretty dangerous window for lots of reasons. I'll give you a few. One is there's a euphoria you get because you think you did something because the market went up. Right? You think, oh, look how smart I am. And by the way, if, uh, you know, I bought a house for three eighty-five dollars uh, uh, 18 years ago, and today it's worth a 900000 Look at me. I'm, I'm a real estate genius. I said, no, the market just went up because money is free. So everybody can get money. You can have money for free. It's free, free. Take some money, how much you want. Right? When money is 3 and 4% or you can borrow it at 285 and inflation is 7, uh, you, you can do the math. You can use a calculator or your fingers and it's free. They're putting money in your pocket. Now, you have to understand how it works. You can't be a fool with it. Sometimes people are fools with their money. Nothing I can do can help a fool. It's above my pay grade, as they say. But I can help you with the math. And so as this process is undertaken, why is it that poor people that have steady streams of income, get back into credit card debt. You go, wait a second, they have steady streams of income. Their food, shelter, clothing is now covered by their social security, by their income, by their pensions, by their retirement accounts. What, what the heck happened? Their home is paid off, their bills are paid off. Why do they still have credit card debt? Because there's an emotional attachment to buying things that is not equated to what they need. It's about feeling good. It's about the purpose. It's about getting a package in the mail like it's Christmas every other day, right? When you know the Amazon driver by their first name, you got a problem. And I kind of want to be funny, but it's not. Your family needs to know this. So you've got to find a way to have your food, shelter, clothing covered by your expenses. And if you want to take a, uh, you know, by your your, uh, income rather, and have those expenses covered by Social security, pensions, annuities, guaranteed income, and then a little cushion above that. Okay, now you want to go risk money, go do that. But if the answer is buying a rental property, you have to understand rental property. Don't just go buy it. If the answer is understanding stocks or bonds, then understand them. You can learn about them before you go buy them. Otherwise, you're just gambling. It doesn't matter how much you're putting into the market or into real estate. Know what you're doing. Research, check with your CPA, your tax advisors, your financial professionals, people that have been there and say, hey, what would you do? Hey, here's my situation. Hey, can I get another opinion? That's what the smart person does. When we come back, I have a couple more emails or at least one more I'm going to work with you uh, and kind of go over why I think there's a purpose for guaranteed reliable income in retirement. 
888-99-RETIRE, 888-997-3847. When we come back, I'm going to get you the email address as well, so grab your pen and paper. We'll be right back. About financial power, the total financial hour. Now Arif has a plan for me. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halib. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for staying with me as we talk about your family's life. I'm going to read some emails here. I told you I would give you my email address. You ready for it? It is Arif, A-R-I-F at tfswealth.com at tf as in financial s as in solutions wealth as in a lot of money dot com Arif at tfswealth.com all right so here's a couple of things uh, i'm going to reach out uh, i have an email rather that um, i want to read to you because it came from philip in los angeles i love it you guys put los angeles it's, it's only like six million people Philip in Los Angeles, uh, you know, the reason Los Angeles has all of these sub-cities, right, from Silmar, where I grew up, Northridge, uh, you know, Encino, but but wait, I thought it's the city of L.A. It is. It all came from the water deal. Basically, they said, listen, we've we've locked down the water from, from the north, and we have a distribution system. If you want to, you know, if you want any water, Chatsworth, well, you're going to have to be part of the city of L.A., you can keep the name, but you're still part of the city of L.A., meaning we collect taxes. Places like San Fernando had their own wells. Uh, Glendale, Burbank, they had their own access to water. But uh, just a little trivia. Okay, Philip in Los Angeles. Dear Arif, I've heard about annuities for a long time. Most of the time, the research online says that they are expensive and have high fees. I think I need an additional $1,000 per month in income total for both my wife and I. Can you give me an idea of how much I need to have saved in order to have that generated, uh, have that guaranteed each month? My wife and I are both 64, and I will, I will retire at age 65, maybe 66. Okay, Philip, so here's a couple of things. When you're looking at the math for this, you always got to go per year. Okay, so $1,000 a month is 12000 per year. If you're going to be 65, 66, let's call it 65 when you retire, uh, at least give me a year. If I can have a year for it to grow or a year for it to kind of mature, then we can do, use a variety of accounts as opposed to only one that I can think of that works well if it's that short of a time. But the point is, how much can you pull out of that account and have it guaranteed forever? It's about at age 65, if you want it to be there for both you and your wife to last a lifetime for both of you, I would say around three and a half percent. Now, that means that you're going to have to have 3.5% of your money 
available to be withdrawn and the rest of it, and you can take out more, right? You can take out more later on uh, per month, per year. But if you think you're going to need more than that, you're going to have to have a plan B here, right? In other words, you're going to have to have enough money because otherwise you're going to run out of principal and right at the time when you don't need it. You follow me on that? I mean, it's important we know this because if you're looking at how do I make sure that I have enough money to last for the rest of my life, I think you need to say, you know, how do I save more money between now and then? How do I save an, enough money between now and then? Maybe it's three hundred, three hundred thousand dollars is is uh, enough. Maybe three hundred and sixty, because you can get bonuses on some of this money. But let's say for just for the for the sake of security and peace of mind, you didn't tell me how much you have totally uh, saved between your accounts. But let's say you could dedicate five hundred thousand dollars. Okay, five hundred thousand. 3% at 500 that gives us $15,000 a year. It's more than the 12. So if you can dedicate $500,000, I'm pretty comfortable with that number. I think it's a good number. I think that means that you can have enough for both your lifetime. We can increase it each and every year, certainly every couple of years. We can keep up with inflation. If inflation is running, let's say, at 4 or 5% a year, I think that's a good number that I can... I can track any more than that. I'd be a little cautious, but we're starting with a higher number. So it gives me some peace of mind there. And we run it. It's not just a guess. I run it in, in both calculators and we have software and all that, that that kind of charts it out. So think about it this way. When you talk about the online uh, analysis of annuities being expensive or high fees, they're probably talking about variable annuities. In fact, they usually are because a variable annuity has an insurance company product in the center, but, uh, but inside of the middle of that is usually mutual funds, stocks, bonds, that kind of thing. So there's some market risk in the middle, and then insurance company has guarantees on the outside and they charge for those. We don't think it's the kind of product that people think it is, meaning by the time I'm done reviewing those, and it's not me giving you an opinion, right? It's not what I do. It's not, I'm not a, a licensed variable annuity guy. That's not my thing. All I do is call the companies and fill out a, a worksheet. You're sitting next to me or on the phone together. I go name, contract number, how much did they put in the account, right? So you need to know this. The one thing to always look at if you happen to have one of the variable annuities is you can either come into the office. We do it on Zoom. We could do it together. But here's what happens. You ask, how much did I put in? What is it worth today? And what did it cost me to get there? Okay, so that's what you do. If you put in 100000 today it's worth 300000 Well, you've made $200,000. What did it cost me to get 200000 during that period of time? And then you add up the cost, the fees. And if it's worth it for you, you go, great, I'll take, I'll take another one. This is under, amazing. If it isn't worth it for you, you might say, well, maybe I'll do something else. Okay, so you have to ask yourself, what is the total cost? What a lot of financial professionals do on accident or on purpose, I don't know. I don't know their heart. I just can judge their actions, which I, I can tell you the end result is it appears to be a dishonest way of doing it. And here's what it is. They'll tell you what you made from the beginning and they'll tell you what the costs are per year. I'll do it again. They tell you what you've made from the beginning and what the costs are per year. That's not what I want. If you're going to Talk about the cost per year. Tell me what I made or lost per year. 
If you're going to tell me about what I've made from the beginning, you have to tell me what the costs are from the beginning. Keep the denominator the same, says my fourth grade client who was a math teacher. Keep the denominator the same. All right. Can you give me, here's part of the question was, can you give me an idea of how much I need to have saved in order to have that guaranteed each month? Easily 500,000. What would I say is most kind of probably, let's get it to 400 before you retire. That's kind of the, that's just past the, the green line to say, okay, it's worth it. Okay, you can do it. But what I'd like to do is to see it grow a little bit. What I'd like to do is probably ladder some of your retirement accounts so we can put some for short term, some for medium, some for long. Depending on your expenses, depending on what else comes in, maybe what you can do based on your age is we can take more money out of your retirement accounts so that one of you, usually the higher of the two in Social Security, right? So let's say, for example, the husband's Social Security is more, higher value. Then you can start the wife's Social Security when you guys retire at 65 or 66. And then you wait and you let the other one, the highest, the husband's, wait until age 70. Well, you need to eat dinner for those four years. Well, we take an increased amount from your retirement accounts from now until then. And then we shut that off and we start the Social Security, which by that time is another 24, 25% higher than what it would have been because we waited, right? Social Security has a built-in 8% per year uh, increase if you don't start it, if you don't touch it. Very powerful. Okay, so maybe you're going to use more of your retirement accounts early and let your Social Security uh, account percolate a little bit. And part of what you want to do is always have accounts set aside because I'm going to ask you, what's the purpose of this money? You say, well, this money because we're going to take our kids to to Europe every other year. This money is because I want to take my kids to to Disney or to, um, you know, Hawaii. I want to do that on on our 50th anniversaries coming up or, right, those kinds of things. Okay, that's not retirement income. Retirement income is next month. It's boring. Next month, here's another check. Next month, here's another check. If you want sexy, crazy gambling money, that's a different place. If you want money to buy an RV or to take the kids to Europe, that's a different place. Because all of the money has a purpose or a job. And I want you to always ask yourself, is the money doing what it's supposed to do? Because often you guys will confuse it. They'll call me up. You'll say, hey, Eric, I have $100,000 sitting in my savings account and I made 70 bucks in interest last year. Is there anything I can do with it? What will I ask you? You know it. What's the purpose of that money? Well, you know, I want it to grow. What what does that mean, grow? It did. It grew 70 bucks. No, I want it to grow more. Ah, okay. So now what does that mean? Well, like how much more? What's a good number for you? Where where will you feel comfortable? And then what about for emergencies? Because if you're telling me the job of that account is to help backstop uh, a new roof on the house, It's to help be there because your daughter is uh, getting a divorce with two kids and you might need to support her. Is it to be there so that you might have a challenge down the road financially, uh, new tires on the car or new landscaping in the backyard? Okay, well then it has to stay where it is. Its job is to not earn a greater amount of interest. Its job is to be accessible. There's a price to pay for accessibility or liquidity and it's usually a lower interest rate. Oh, no, Arif, this money, I don't need it. I have other money set aside. The job of this money is to grow so that I can use it to, to live on and maybe even leave some of it to my wife or my, my kids. I'd say, wonderful. Maybe we put some of that in a life insurance policy. 
maybe the job of some of that is to go and exponentially grow, right? Because you get about twice as much, maybe more or less. You put in 50, it becomes 100,000. But that 100, guess what, is tax-free. And it goes to the kids or the grandkids or your wife or your husband. Of course, you have to qualify for it. So there is some stipulation. It isn't just writing a check. There's a couple, a couple steps involved. But back to my purpose. If the purpose of the money is to give you reliable retirement income, then I might use a fixed or a fixed indexed annuity. If it's to get a reasonable rate of return so that over time you can grow and, and become what, the, what some would say is wealthy, rich, successful, I just want you to have peace of mind. I want you to be able to help whomever you want to help, make a difference in any organization that you want to make a difference in, to go out and tell people, hey, uh, are you interested in, I don't know, joining with me in this cause, right? You could actually be somebody, believe it or not, who starts a cause, who, who goes to these, uh, oh gosh, what would you call it, uh, school board meetings, who attends some of these city council meetings, who finally runs for these things because you know what? Nobody, nobody cares what you believe if you don't get involved. You have to go out. You have to go and make a difference. You have to stand up. And guess what? If you have income coming from other sources, then I'm all right with you. Right? If you say, I don't, so what if they fire me at my job? Right? Because everybody's going to call you a racist. Just so you know, that's kind of the normal deal. No matter what, you're going to be a racist. A ra- they've, they've watered that word down to something that means nothing. So they've started using white supremacists. That's the new thing. Right now, everybody's a white supremacist because they've, they've really burned through that, you know, that, that uh, racist term. One of the most disgusting things that you can be as a human being is think somebody is only valuable based on the color of their skin or where they're from or their last name. We see it. But instead, you don't have to worry about these silly, unfounded names. What can you do instead? You stand up and you say, you're wrong. And here's what I'm going to do. I'm going uh, to recall you. I'm going to vote you out. I'm going to get involved with the recall Gascon movement. Right? If you don't think getting rid of Gascon is going to make a difference, San Francisco seems to finally be waking up. That's why I think you're going to see people in San Francisco really start making a difference. I, I still won't go visit there. In, in my opinion, it's, a, it's the armpit of the world. Ever since I came out of, a, out of an expensive hotel uh, in, in Knob Hill, I think it was Ritz-Carlton, you walk across the street and somebody's going to the bathroom and on one side, somebody else has laid out food like they're a bunch of cats, right? Instead of helping people, it goes back to my symbolism over substance. If you leave out a, a, a thing of noodles, a styrofoam thing of noodles so that homeless people can come and eat, well, gosh, you made a difference, right? What a, what a joke, and we didn't even walk a half, a half a step more. And what did we see? People shooting up drugs. I thought, you got to be kidding. And the police are right there. My old classmate, Bill Scott, Chief Scott from San Francisco PD. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know why he's not getting involved. Why he isn't enforcing the law. Let the mayor fire you for enforcing the law. Stand up for what you believe in. 
Otherwise, you're a coward. And guess what? If you guys have reliable retirement income, if your income comes in no matter what, and they can't take that away from you, the greatest thing going on right now, ready for this, is you get to stand up and make a difference. You get to stand up and say, you know what? I don't care really what's going to happen because I'm going to get you out, your school board member. You need to recall some of these school board people. Some of the greatest places in the country, right? Texas, Florida, as far as freedoms go, right? Some of the greatest freedoms. Their school districts in Houston and Dallas and Austin are just one step away from socialist, communist, crooked people. And nobody is standing up for them. Nobody is standing up to them. I mean, you try to do that. Well, get them recalled. Run for that election. Because now you're retired, you have a purpose. I'm going to push this every single show, at least every other show, because I really care about a couple of things. And one of those is this. You've paid your price. You still have your health. Most of it. You have your mind, thank God. A lot of people don't. And now you have a chance to stand up and make a difference. Whether it's standing up for rights from the the crooked people in Russia, whether it's standing up and speaking based on what you see as an injustice in your school board, environmental abuses, right? Water, clean water. I don't know what what the difference is, but I'm going to tell you, the world needs you. And you playing pickleball and bingo and sitting down and watching your latest television shows is nice. That's nice. Maybe you deserve it. You got it. But one or two or five days a week, you got to do something different. You got to make a difference. I wish the world was different, right? I I, I wish it was that we all just sat around, uh, I don't know, and and just had peace. But I'm going to tell you, I don't don't think that's going to happen. It isn't going to happen probably until we end as a nation or God, you know, Christ returns, whatever your belief is or comes for the first time if you're Jewish. I don't know if it's the Messiah is here or not here, depending on what you think, or, or certainly the Antichrist, if it's Putin. Whatever your beliefs are, you sitting down and watching your latest television show on and on and on and on and not getting in and making a difference is a problem. I think you have to figure this out. Okay, back to, I want to finish up on the email. You've heard me talk about the tax trap before, right? Where, and I mentioned it earlier this hour, but I'm bringing it up again. When you're talking about one of you, husband, wife, passing away, your income tax rates double. That following year after the person passes away, whoever's left loses the lower of the two social security checks. That's why I would like, if you could, if possible, to wait for one of them to receive social security as long as possible. Of course, everybody's a little different, but I'd like to wait and get a little bit more money out of it. Okay, a little bit more juice out of it, if possible. And the reason is is simple. Because when one of you passes away, our income tax rates nearly double. We lose income. And in Philip's case, he could actually buy a life insurance policy with some of the money he has. And that can fill the gap. Remember, it's tax-free when it goes to your children or your wife. And many policies today at least the ones that we offer, allow you to access some or all of that face amount while you're still alive, whether it be in income or whether it be available for long-term care type expenses. 
So it isn't just, oh, I, I, like car insurance. I didn't, I didn't crash my car last year, so I lost it. There's a place for term insurance, for term life insurance. There is a place for it. And there's some really great ones out there. But there's also a place for the other plans. You just have to have the chance to review both of them. The reason is simple, because some of them might be right for you. Maybe both. In some cases, we'll use a combination approach. Right? So we'll use some for one and some for another. But that life insurance policy is tax-free. And that can make sure that the wife or the husband, the one that survives, does not lose or at least is forced to lose a lot of their lifestyle. Right? I want you to go through this in your life. Go through and do the math and see what is it that is the biggest risk. Is the biggest risk for you losing income? Paying more in taxes? Losing assets, meaning losing what you've saved for? Some of the money? What's the biggest risk that you might have? Not sure. But I think what we can do is meet. We'll go over it and take a look. All right. Last thing I want to cover uh, before we end the hour. It's pretty important. It's the part of your financial life that most of us forget about. And it's debt. Because you think, well, I'm now retired. I don't need debt anymore. Well, here's where the, the biggest mistake is. Some of you don't find purpose in what you do every day. You find purpose in buying things. If you spend more money this month than you bring in, then what you have to do is not charge anything. I don't mind what it, I don't, it doesn't matter. Is it gas? We're not charging it. Not until that card is paid off down to zero. You cannot carry a balance when you're unable or unwilling to go back to work part-time to pay it off. Many people do. They carry a balance. Listen, we know exactly what your paycheck's going to be next month. If you start draining that retirement account, great, fine. It's there for you. But eventually it goes to zero. When you take out more than it makes, it's gone to zero, gone. But you didn't change your habits. So next month, you spent more than you make. Your retirement account is gone. Now what do you do? Where do you come up with that money? I don't know. You're going to refinance the house again? Are you going to do what poor people have done? Which is, listen, poor people don't manage money the right way. It's not a secret. I don't mean bad. When I said poor, you thought I said bad. So that's your, your hang up, not mine. It's this. They use retirement account to pay for their child's college. They use home equity to pay off credit card debt or to buy a car. That's not what they're designed for. Retirement is for retirement. Home equity is for home. College is for college. Savings accounts for emergencies or things you want to buy. And even when you're retired, you're still supposed to save money in your retirement in your savings accounts. Did you know that? You're still supposed to put money aside in your savings accounts, which means you're going to spend less than you make each and every month. That's what you're supposed to do. It isn't, I'm going to spend 105% of what I make. But don't worry, I have a $5,000 limit on this credit card. Right? What, what you have to look at is that the $5,000 limit on that Visa or MasterCard is just another way to spend the income that you already make. It isn't additional income. 
And what I'm starting to see is our retirees, especially those that retired young or that are healthy, you want to do things, you want to be active, you had a great career, maybe it was a tough career, and quote, you deserve. I earned. I deserve. You go, okay, that's great. But math is still the same. One plus one is two. I don't, it doesn't matter. You can deserve as much as you want. You can deserve some amazing things and one plus one is two. So who and how do you expect this quote, deserve to be paid? Now, if you have assets that are creating an income stream and it comes in the front door and you have a different way of sending it out the back door, that's fine. That's math. It's just you're redirecting money that's coming in each month. But think of it like this. If you have a cow, you can milk the cow. You can have milk every day. It's great. The cow's around tomorrow. It's around next week. Your milk. Or you can slaughter the cow and have an amazing steak dinner for quite some time, but you'll never get milk again and the cow is gone forever. You have a choice. Take that retirement account, spread it out over your lifetime, even increase it a little bit each in the year, every other year, or take it all out Buy, spend, deserve. You don't understand, Eric, who I am. I don't want you to think feelings and math go in the same sentence. Okay? We can help. 888-99-RETIRE. 888-997-3847. I'm Arif Hallaby. The Total Financial Hour. Arif at TFSWealth.com. Have a great day. About financial power. The Total Financial Hour. Now, strategy I'll retire comfortably thanks to Arab Halaby now every dollar's got a job to do Arab makes your money work for you learn about finance three-star general Michael J. Flynn head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency knew all the government's dirty secrets he was one of the most respected generals in the military Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to he understood its funding he ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.